It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, Tyvis Powell, Jason Lloyd. Plus, you're loving him, Mikey McNuggets. And so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show starts now. Booyah! We are two days and counting from week 18, game 17, which, believe it or not, means absolutely nothing in terms of the standings for either team. Welcome to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show on Channel 3. I'm Jay Crawford. Coming up in the next 30 minutes, we're going to talk a lot about the Browns and the Bengals. I'm going to tell you about a position coach for the Browns who says he wants to be a head coach again. Bull. I'm Adam the Bull, and I've got a running back that I think is going to have a huge game this week, and I've been talking about him all year. I'll tell you why coming up in just a little bit. G. Bush. G. Bush. I'm G. Bush, and I'm thinking about bringing cabs back, driving yellow cabs. But first, I'm going <laughs> to actually let you guys know why Jeff Driscoll has been touched on the shoulders by Flacco and in maybe 300 yards in his future. Jason Lloyd. <laughs> wow. And I'm Jason. And I'm going to tell you about what's going to happen in the game on Sunday. It doesn't matter, right? Maybe it does. We're going to talk about it in pre-written headlines. We do it every week. Mikey. I'm Mikey McNuggets, and the Browns-Bengals game may not have any implications on the playoffs, but we're going to tell you who to root for as a Browns fan in the highly contested AFC South matchups because one of those three teams will be the Browns' first-round opponent next weekend. Yeah, we're going to rank it. Who we most want to play, who we least want to play. We do know that it will be the winner of the AFC South. We also know that it will be at their place, and we also know that whoever it is, we would have already beaten that team once already this year. correct. All right, we start with Jeff Driscoll. Jeff who? That's right. He is the fifth starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns this year. And if form holds, he could be the fifth starting quarterback to win a game for the Browns this season. We thought that had never been done before. But after much research, Mikey McNuggets, our producer, found out that it was done once before in the strike-shortened season. In 1987, the New England Patriots won games with five different quarterbacks. So, guys, if... This will be the first time that it's happened in a non-strike season. But also, it's going to have 17 games to get that done. Where does that accomplishment rank for you guys in terms of unbelievable sports feats? I think it's it's something that we may not see broken. Like Again, I mean, to talk about five different quarterbacks, look, think about it. Brett Favre played every single game for like ever until he retired, right? He had a string of... Crazy amounts of games. They've done it with Watson, Flacco, P.J. Walker, DTR, and now Jeff Driscoll. And I, I think this is a really big accomplishment, and it speaks to Kevin Stefanski specifically because he gets his quarterbacks ready to play. He gets them ready to go. And if, if Jeff Driscoll could come out here and play well and lead the Browns to a, a victory, I think he have to now give uh, you know his genius keys back to the offense. I totally agree. I think it's a testament to the coaching when you can get five different quarterbacks. By the time you get down to your fifth quarterback, you're talking about Uber drivers. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and to get these guys ready to play in NFL games, if they come out and win, and, and I mean, it sounds like the Bengals are going to be playing their starters for the most part. They have nothing left to play for, but their top guys are still going to be out there. You go out there and you win that game. That's really a testament 
to Kevin Stefanski and this offensive staff and being able to get guys ready to play and being able to operate with different quarterbacks, no matter who the quarterback is in the system, getting the most out of them. So I'm, I'm fascinated to watch Driscoll for a variety of reasons. I think he could have playoff implications on this roster if he plays well. I don't think this is just a throwaway get-in-and-get-out game. I think there could be some long-term impact if, if he does well. So I'm really curious to see what he does. I think in terms of it being a record, I don't really care. I mean, it's not, it's not a record that anybody's trying to get. It's an odd set of circumstances. And the fifth one in particular doesn't matter because he's not playing due to injury. He's playing due to the game being meaningless. That being said, I care because what he's done to this point, Kevin Stefanski, it shows you how good a coach he is, that he was able to win games. I mean, he beat two good teams. Well, one excellent team in San Francisco and one pretty good team in Indianapolis with maybe the worst quarterback I've ever seen in my life in P.J. <laughs> Walker. And and that is remarkable. The, the fifth one to me is who cares. But what he's done with four different guys, including, I know G said he wasn't surprised to me. I'm beyond surprised how well Joe Flacco's played. A lot of that credit goes to Flacco, but a lot of it also goes to Stefanski. And, and Stefan, this record is really not about the record. It's about what it says about the job that Kevin Stefanski has done this year. Yeah, when you think about great sports records yeah, that never right. be broken, you think DiMaggio's 56. You think about Cy Young, 511 victories or whatever it was. There's a lot of things that you think about in, in terms of great sports moments. This is one that happened because a set of circumstances that, has probably only come up a handful of times. Right. How many teams have gone through five quarterbacks in a single season? But yeah. I will say this. It's significant for this reason. If he doesn't already have his hands on his second Coach of the Year trophy, if he wins with Jeff Driscoll and completes that bizarre feat, he is the slam dunk Coach of the Year for me. A- am I wrong? I, I totally agree. I've kind of come around. I think he's actually – I've yeah. always thought he should win it. I didn't think he will. I think he's going to. I yeah. don't think this game should factor into it. I think he's already a slam dunk winner in my mind. Yeah. It's but, just the last impression. Yeah, if maybe. they get blown out 35 voters, to nothing, yeah. it's not going to be a good look for him. We saw what happened in the MVP race when uh, the San Francisco quarterback had a bad week. But that was a meaningful he fell game. Out. This it is was. Not, yeah. But, I mean, I, yeah. I just think in terms of putting that last taste in someone's mouth, in the voters' mouths, that's yeah. when they're going to vote when the regular could, season's it over. It's, it's just, it really is a bizarre accomplishment. Now, who is Jeff Driscoll? What should we expect from this guy? Bull laughed when we put this question in the show because he's like, I mean, how, how the heck does any, do any of us know what to expect? Yeah. You talk about coming off the couch. He may literally have been coming out of the Uber car. What do we expect from him? I'm not expecting much because I think the Browns, I, I know it recently the Browns have been throwing the ball a ton. Yeah. And I love it. I think this game's going to be completely opposite. I think Kevin Stefanski wants this. First of all, like an average football game is what? Three hours, three hours and 10 minutes. The Browns games are three hours and 30 minutes. Every game they play is long. This will end that streak. He wants to get through this game as fast as possible. He doesn't want anybody to get hurt. And how do you do that? Run. You run the ball. The Bengals, who had a a subpar run defense before they lost their best run stopper, DJ Reader, now have maybe the worst run defense in the league. So I'm expecting the run, the Browns to run the ball a ton in this game, which means the game moves fast. I don't think they're going to throw it that much. I, I mean, I, I expect I, I think Jeff Driscoll will probably not throw a touchdown pass. Maybe he throws one pick, but I'm not expecting that much because I'm not expecting him to throw that much. Yeah, we had Tim Couch on the YouTube show, and Tim said how fast he is, and he's a better runner than people realize. And my 
colleague at the Athletics, Zach Jackson, joked earlier this week, Kevin wants to be on the bus by 345. Sort of seeing what yeah, you were saying. Right. They're just going to run. I still think they're going to throw it because I still think there's a chance Jeff Driscoll is the backup quarterback for the Browns in the postseason. And I, I just don't think that there's any faith in P.J. Walker because he's been such a turnover machine. So in order to do that, you have to see what Jeff Driscoll can do with the ball in his hands and not necessarily with his feet. So I do think they're going to throw it, maybe run a, a little bit more run-heavy than they've been in the past, but I think that this is a real look at Jeff Driscoll to see if he should be the backup to Joe Flacco when the playoffs begin next week. And if you look at what Kevin Stefanski's track record is, when DTR was in the preseason, guess what he did? He threw the ball. Last year when it was cold and minus 45 degrees or something with Deshaun Watson against the Saints, guess what? He threw the ball. When they had uh, P.J. Walker, and they was they running around in, in Seattle trying to get a victory. And they should have been running it more. They threw the ball. Yeah. So, <laughs> Jeff Driscoll's going to get 40 t- tosses. Wow. They're going to come out here and get to They're going to run his offense. They're going to run exactly what they're doing. And as I said earlier in the opening, guess what? Tap the shoulder. I think he might throw for almost 300. All right. Who's going to get 100 yards in the passing game? Cedric Tillman. Mm. All right. We'll see. Uh, I think he'll throw it 25 times. I think he'll be better than 50% completion. I think he'll throw a touchdown and a pick. And he's going to be somewhere between Flacco and Watson at the top end and DTR and PJ at the bottom end. I think he's going to slide into where we look at him and say, if something should happen to Flacco, he's going to play well enough where he'll get the nod as the number two over PJ Walker, who, let's face it, Kevin's already cut once this year. So, all right. Moving on, it's time for player props. This is uh, the top part of the show where Mikey gives us a line, a number that a certain player is set to achieve. We decide if that number is going to be an over or an under. Who do we start with? Bull, you're up first, and let's start with Pierre Strong. Over, under, 62.5 rushing yards for who could be the Browns' RB1 on Sunday. Yeah, I alluded to this in the open. I alluded to them running a lot in the last conversation. Pierre Strong is going to get. I mean, who else? I I don't. I assume Ford and Kareem Hunt will not play. I guess I don't know that, but I'm assuming they both won't play this week. If that's the case, Pierre Strong, I would. And, and I've already said I think they're going to run the ball a lot. I'm expecting him to get at least 15 carries and at least 20 touches total. I think he can run for 100 yards this week. The Bengals' run defense stinks. I, I expect him to have a huge game and at least one big time play where he gets you know thirty plus yards. So I'm expecting well over sixty five for Pierre Strong. I would love to see that. And before the show, I was ready to say we are going to see that. But after hearing Jason talk about just the body situation that Kevin Stefanski in is in, and he can't rest everybody, that means to me that probably Ford and Hunt will get some time. So it might be running back by committee. They'll maybe split the carries between the three of them, and for that reason, I don't think he goes over 62 and a half. Hope I'm wrong. Next up, Jason, how about Cedric Tillman? G. Bush said 100. Mm. The over-under is 53 and a half. Over-under for the Browns rookie receiver. I'll take the over on that. I don't know if he's going to get to 100, but I've been impressed with Tillman the last few weeks. He's really come on as a, as a target that I think Flacco trusts. Obviously, he's got a new quarterback throwing to him, but I, I do think that they're going to throw the ball on Sunday. I think they want to see what Jeff Driscoll has. And if, if in an emergency situation, if Flacco were to get hurt, can he be a backup? So, and, and I expect Tillman to be the leading receiver. You can't play Amari Cooper this week. I do think you can't sit everyone. Uh, roster limits will prevent that from happening, but Amari's one of those guys you have to sit. Obviously, he's got the injury. 
And more importantly, I know I just said Driscoll could be the backup, but right now he's a backup quarterback and you can't take the risk of Driscoll putting the ball in a bad spot. Amari stretching for a catch and injuring himself. So for plenty of reasons, Amari has to sit. Elijah Moore is going to sit. So Tillman probably is the number one option in this offense right now, I would think. Going into this game. Sit too, don't you think? And Joku probably will sit. Yeah. I probably. Uh, so I think Tillman is certainly among the receivers. He's going to be the primary option. I take the over. Laid it down exactly. I think he he, he going to get a hundred. He going to be in the most of it is because he's going to get the most targets. By the way, also I like the fact that Joe Flacco got on him last week, in terms of in the end zone when he ran the wrong route or didn't cross the face of the defender. I think that shows that Joe ha- wants him to be better, which shows he has confidence in him that he's going to be a bigger part of the offense moving the next couple of weeks. All right, Jay, you're up. How about the other receiver who's expected to take an expanded role? David Bell. Under. Over, under, 55 under. and a half. <laughs> under. You didn't hear the number. I don't need Dang. to. Under. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. Oh, no. Yeah, that number for David Bell? Does he, got many, does he have that many yards for the season? He does. Barely. That's higher than Tillman. They give me the Bell under. Higher than yeah. yeah, give me the under. Next. Jason, any rebuttal? You, you can curry. I mean, it's hard to. <laughs> You're not going to, over on it's that. It's hard to argue that. No, right. I, I got to take the under on that. All right, the G Bush, you're up last. How about over under one and a half touchdowns for Jeff Driscoll? Man, this is total touchdowns, rushing this is and passing. Over the, the guy, the guy's <laughs> gonna use this is easy money. You guys need to learn from the boy. Listen, this is over. The, the easy part is he's gonna run and he has access to his legs. He can run goal line stuff, scrambles, getting out in the open field, extended plays. That's one. I think he does get a, a short touchdown pass off play action um, inside the 20. That's two. Easy money. He gets two touchdowns. The thing was, three, he should have been 300 yards, but you let me off the hook. I'll take the two. What do you got? Are you? Is it just passing touchdowns or both? Total. Rushing and passing. Come on Under. Up here, Under. What? No, he's, he's not getting two touchdowns. What? Well, I mean. <laughs> You Not know, even scrambling? In technical terms, he's a, a crappy quarterback. <laughs> Being a little technical. Uh, not Listen, I, I'm all in. We love the Browns. We love everything. But not everybody's good. Hey, hey, but not never, everybody's going to no, be they good. Are, they are for G-Boys. When you're drinking the Kool-Aid, everything yeah. is good. And it's, I don't know. I just It's one of those games that I expect to be low scoring. And both teams want to get the hell out of there. And yeah. I, That's just a, don't, yeah. I love that. In technical terms, he's a crappy quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Jim Schwartz said yesterday that his days as an assistant coach, if he has his choice, are done. Listen, play it. I love this organization. Um, I love the city of Cleveland. That was such a such a great atmosphere. Thirty one years in the NFL. That was probably that was one of my top five atmospheres. Um, you know, that Thursday night. We needed to share that with the players. You know, we got a lot of energy from them. We needed to give them a little energy, pay them back. Not many chances you have to be able to clinch at home. So, you know, all that. But I, but I, I'd say this: like in any any job that you do, you always you always aspire to the top of that profession, and I'm no different there. All right, so in in uh, in technical terms, he yeah. wants to be head coach again. Of course. Uh, he didn't say those words, but yeah. obviously that's what he said. Will he be a head coach again, and will it be in 2024 somewhere other than Cleveland? The trend has always been young offensive-minded guys as head coaches. It's not always. Like, Robert Sala's out there, and well, he's Sean young. McDermott. Yeah. And, but, you know, Jim is a little bit on the older side, and he has a defensive background. Those are things working against him, really. I think he's earned another opportunity. I think he should get another opportunity. But, you know, the Bengals defensive coordinator, I thought, earned an opportunity last year to be a head coach. And didn't get it. And he didn't get it. Yeah. So, 
I'm curious to see how this goes with Jim. I was kind of getting the impression that he was content to be a DC. I was a little bit surprised by what Jim said this week because yeah. I thought he was had a, a little bit of a been there, done that mentality, and he was content to be here. If I had to put money on it, I think he will be back here next year as the DC, but certainly if there's head coaching opportunities, he gets an opportunity to interview, he's going to take it. I do not think he's going to be a head coach next year. Uh, um, I, I know he obviously would want to be. Yeah, it doesn't mean he's not content. He might be content and still, hey, if an opportunity came up, I would take it. That was his way of telling other teams. Yeah, I'll I'll that's interested. exactly Call what me. he was doing. I, the yeah. only distraction, I think it could be, uh, certainly any coach, inter- any coordinator interviewing for a job during the playoffs could potentially be a distraction for that coach. There's no doubt about it. I mean, yeah. it, it, is that the reason they win or lose? Probably not, but it could be a distraction. Well, you're splitting sure. time. You're yes. going somewhere to interview, and a lot of times teams will say, when the playoffs are over and our season is over, you can talk to them. Yeah. But these jobs get filled and get filled That's quickly right. once yep. the regular That's season right. ends. I, I like the fact that, uh, you know, you was lobbying uh, for that pay raise. I like you, Jim. I like to see what you did right there. You said, pay me more without saying pay me more. Um, I hope he doesn't go selfishly. But I think he deserves that shot. Selfishly, I think if he had one more year here, I think the Browns have a, a two-year window. Next year, getting all the people back, I think they'd be great. I'd be fine with the Browns saying you're the associate head coach. Here's a nice little bump in pay. Stick around and, and get comfortable here. Because I think this is it's rare that you find that mix yeah. of genius offense, genius defense, and the Browns have it. Haslam, write the check, lock it down, and let's move forward. All right, we're taking a break. When we come back... It's your rooting guide to this weekend's NFL action. Who do you want the Browns to play in the playoffs? We'll give you our pick when we come right back. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Thanks for spending time with us. Here's the drill. We know that the Browns will face the AFC South winner. It will either be Houston, Indy, or Jacksonville. On the bright side, they've beaten all three so far this season. This game will be on the road. I want you guys to rank who you most want the Browns to play with the least team you want to see being first and the team you most want being third. I think third is easy. We'll get end with that. But first and second to me is tough. It's, a, it's debatable. In the end, guys, for me, the team I want the Browns to play the most is Jacksonville. I think close... But Jacksonville, only, even though Trevor Lawrence is a lot better than, uh, what's his name, at Indianapolis? Gardner Minshew. Uh, but Jacksonville is just a mess right now. They are. Last year, remember, they were playing their best football at the end of the year, and it carried into their great comeback win in the playoffs. This year, they were playing great for the most of the middle of the season, and they have completely cratered. Lawrence has been hurt. He may come back this week. He may not even play this week. So who knows what he's going to be like next week. He hasn't been good for the last six weeks. Their running game is is, is kind of mid. Their defense is not great. Their home crowd is the lamest of the three. I think in the end, I would go with Jacksonville one, Indianapolis two, 
uh, and clearly Houston three. Now, the Browns did beat all three teams, but the big caveat is they beat Houston with Case Keenum, right. not C.J. Stroud. Yeah. That's a huge difference. If you look at it in Vegas, the only one of these three, I think the Browns will either be a pick em or even a slight favorite against Jacksonville or Indy. If they play Houston, they'll be an underdog. Not big, but I think they'll probably be like a two, three-point underdog. I think the Browns have a great chance to win no matter who they play, but clearly it's a huge drop for me to three with Houston. Jason? Man, I'm with you, right, in that same order. Trevor Lawrence is beat up. I've never been a big believer in Jacksonville. I, I think the Browns go in there and win that game. Gardner Minshew really moved the ball on this defense early in the season, so that gives me a little bit of pause that, you know, I think that's a tougher game than people would realize, and I want no part of C.J. Stroud in the playoffs. If he's healthy, he's, he leads the league, I believe, in most 300-yard games this year. He's been terrific as a rookie, and that would be by far, to me, the hardest game for the Browns in the first round. Yeah, I, w- I wish I could give you some diversity up here in other ways, but I'm not. But this is not going to work. Uh, I don't want to see C.J. Stroud. He is too dumb to under- understand that he's not supposed to be playing. He's too young for that. Same. He doesn't. He don't get it. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. But it's house money. They got a new coach, a new, like a brand new rookie quarterback. He may go out there and make reads and throws that he's not supposed to do. I don't like that. Give me the Jacksonville Jaguars and their terrible home lame crowd that we could fill that stadium up. You might hear chances of Cooper. You might see touchdowns, people getting ready for Flacco in Indianapolis. I think the run game is, is I, I don't like playing in that dome. I don't like their run game. Gardner Minshew scares me. No parts of them, but I, I, I'll go with Jacksonville. Yeah, I'll shake it up a little bit. I got the same order, but it, I'm a three, one A and one. I think the difference between Houston and Indianapolis is a lot closer than you make it. So you, you're like a oh, slam dunk. Don't give me Houston. Yeah, for me. I don't want Houston, but I've seen Indy at full strength and Gardner Minshew <clears throat> created fits for this defense. In fact, he's made this defense look as bad as they've looked all year. Mm. I don't think there's another offense that has had that kind of success against the Browns. So he scares me and it's mostly with his feet. He threw for 300 yards, but he was TDs. running all over that Browns defense. I just don't want to see that again. So let Jacksonville get – what has to happen for us to get Jacksonville? They win. That's oh, it. That's it. And who are they win. playing? Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah. All right. So but it's, but it's at Tennessee. We're big fans of yours this if, weekend. If Jacksonville beats Tennessee, they will, play, they will host the Browns. If Very Jacksonville good. loses, then the Houston – uh, Indy winner will host the Browns. Very good. So that's like a playoff game for them already. Yeah. They'll be ready for the playoffs because they'll be a little sharper. That's Browns right. are coming off rest. The They're playing I, a meaningful I, game. What you're saying about Minshew is very fair. I'm just saying I think that was an anomaly. Okay, More I hope than so. it's going to happen again. I hope that's so. my feeling on it. All right, and you've been saying all year the quarterbacks that give the Browns the biggest problem are the running quarterbacks. That's true. And he can do that. We're taking a break. When we come back, why watch the game? It's our pre-written headlines. We tell you who wins and how next. 
Welcome back to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show on WKYC Channel 3. We are here every Friday of the regular season. Who knows, if the playoffs continue, you might see us next week as well. Time for pre-written headlines. Who wins the game and how? First up, G. Man, this is easy money. I told you before when this, when the, when this whole thing started, you got Flacco and you got Jeff Driscoll. We transitioned power. Jeff Driscoll keeps the winning going. Stefanski officially named the quarterback whisperer as Driscoll throws for 300 air yards. And you know what I'm saying. I already told you what it is. Shout out to Jeff Driscoll. All right. There you go. All right. Let's see mine. It's the first time in a while I'm picking the Browns to lose. Fifth time is not the charm. Jeff Driscoll picked off twice as Browns fall in Cincy 17 16. I like the Browns with the points. I like the Bengals to win a slight game. I think they might be motivated to try to finish over 500. And let's face it, in this game, with as many guys as I think are going to be out for the Browns, the Bengals are better with all the guys that are going to be out. But if there's not as many out as Jason thinks, then maybe it'll change. But uh, I got a close one. They're going to sit quite a few guys. Yeah, but yeah. It not, it's not like you're going to rest all 22 stars. No, no, no. Bullet's scary to me how much you and I are thinking alike these days. Oh, boy. I got the Bengals, too, and I've got almost the identical score. Bullhead 17-16. I've got 17-14. Browns backups fall short. <laughs> Bengals win the nothing bowl and that's going to be the trophy there. He's just going to, the winner's going to come up on a podium and hold air. And that's going to be that. (laughs) I like that. Uh, I'd like to pick the Browns, see a five and a Flacco run, but I just, I can't see it. That's really cute guys. Uh, I I set a UCSS record this week. I was the first one to get a headline in for the first time (laughs) ever because it doesn't matter what the score is Jabroni. (laughs) Browns know their role. They're headed to the postseason. I don't care about this game. It doesn't (laughs) matter what the score is. You were arguing me for two hours and it mattered for Jeff Driscoll. It does matter. I don't care about the outcome. I don't care about the outcome. I care about how he so, plays. All right. Yeah, score doesn't matter. Mike. My last one real quick. I am still wacko for Flacco. The Bengals win, but who cares? The Browns are going to the playoffs. I'm with Jason. This game's irrelevant. The nothing ball. I like your guys all in the same sentiment, but who gives a darn how this game ends as long as the Browns are going to the playoffs? Putting McNugget's face on a football player's body is disturbing. <laughs> yeah, it is. There's no other way that to say it. was the exact word I was it's thinking. It's disturbing. We're out. Enjoy the game. Watch the Browns post-game show at the two-minute warning on Sunday. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.